I just started doing social media with Lego. So that was a, a little over a year and a half ago. I never did it before that really at all. I think um, so, uh, people get hung up on wanting to be perfect for other people. And I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I understand why it's human nature, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, here and gone. And just, you know, as far as your creation being online, just to enjoy it and, you know, get better at it. Lego. Lego. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Back to Brick. I'm your host, Garrett, and this is the podcast where we talk with AFOLs from around the world about their Lego designs and how they go about building them. We also get down to the breaking news every Friday to understand what Lego has been coming out with for the past week. So today we're going to have our designer interview. This time it's going to be with AFOLI Good or Peter, and we're going to talk about his awesome designs. I always like to introduce the guests so you can check out their Instagram while you're listening. And while you're listening, also make sure to subscribe. You can check us out at backtobrick.com, and you can go on Apple or Spotify. So, Peter, thank you for taking the time to come on today. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. I can't wait to dive into the uh, 16th, 15th, 16th century, I'm, I'm going to guess here, uh, <laughs> of your Lego builds. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, so introduce yourself to the listeners here, where you're from, and what you like to build the most. Absolutely. So my name's Peter. I live in Egan, Minnesota. It's a suburb of Minneapolis. And I like to build medieval and kind of gothic style uh, Lego locks. That's a great genre, especially as the Lego classic is the Castle series. So we'll, of course, talk about that a little bit here as well yep. for... Our listeners, though, I always like to ask just to kind of give themselves an image of our creator. If you could have a signature figure or sig fig that would represent you, what would it look like? Yeah, I actually have one, and it came about purely by accident. It's a pumpkin head on a pirate body with a peg leg and an axe. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, it came about on accident right when I started um, doing Lego again. I just threw it together for my daughter to play with one morning and she just enjoyed it. I put it online and it really stuck. I tried to get away from it actually, but people kept asking about it. So I just said, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> um, it, it does fit a lot of the builds I make as far as the feeling goes. So yeah, uh, yeah, I like, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say the, the pumpkin head, I don't know if that's going to represent well for people in their brain thinking, huh, he is He's got an orange head that's shaped like a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, I guess it works, you know, and like I said, I really wanted to get rid of it, but you know, I, I just <laughs> let it take over. So it's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. And especially if your daughter loves it, you got to keep it. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about Lego that you came back to it. Let's, let's start at the beginning here. Where did you get, your first idea for loving Lego? Like, was it through your family or just uh, over time you kind of just got into it? Yeah, I got into it when I was very young, which would have been the very late 70s, early 80s. So I had about a 10-year stint of doing Lego. My parents recognized very early on that I loved doing it. I started with classic space, some town, some technic, and then castle. And that was the one that really... I became addicted to. So I'd say for probably a good six, seven years when I was a kid, I made mocks 
I think probably long before that terminology was used or it was even really done. And I was lucky enough to get a, a lot of sets when I was young. I love doing it, but the, there was a couple of significant challenges. One, I wasn't mentally capable of achieving what I wanted to, probably because of my age. And then I just didn't have the parts to do what I wanted to. But I did. I, I designed stuff every week. So my parents thought I was going to become an architect because of that. But of course, I, I drifted away from that around age 12, maybe 13. So that's how I started doing it. When you started drifting, that seems to be about the age that most people do. Uh, was it just not cool anymore to you, or did you have just other interests that you wanted to pursue? I think at, at that time, I, I remember I took up drumming. I was really into music. I still am. I love music. Uh, but I wanted. I thought maybe I'd pursue life as a musician. That didn't pan out. I didn't enjoy it enough. But I got into that, and then I got into skateboarding after that, and I just forgot about Lego. I did do it a few times here, off and on throughout my teens, and then even in my 20s, my parents' house. Um, but nothing nothing significant by any means. So did you keep your Lego? Because a lot of people get rid of them. Yeah, I kept them. I had suitcases full of them. My parents, they had always insisted on keeping them, and their plan was, if and when you have children, we're going to give these to your kids. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they kept them. I'm really glad they did. I did intend on sharing those with my daughter. She spent a little bit of time with them, but I quickly took over. <laughs> <laughs> you you lent them for a little bit, but then you're like, ah, you know what, honey, I'm gonna, I'm going to need those back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Those are mine, not yours. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when do you think you started getting back into building? Uh, definitely the pandemic. So it wasn't. It wasn't long after the pandemic started, almost two years ago. So I went down to my parents' house with my daughter just a couple of weeks after all the lockdowns occurred. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a chef, I'm a chef, so basically you remember how that went in the restaurant industry, et cetera. So I had some time on my hands, so we went down there. I took, I took all the Lego out. I found all the old instructions for the castles. I made them, and it, it was really enjoyable to the point where I remember I was, I was laying on the floor for like six hours straight doing it. And I thought it was really weird. I thought, well, I'm just doing this because of what's happening. But I, yeah. I clearly, I felt that connection again. So that was how it started again. Well, that's great to find that again, because especially in the restaurant industry, I understand. I mean, I'm not in it, but that's a that was a tough time. You literally couldn't do much other than be home at that point. There's no one you could cook for other than your family. That's true. Yeah. So, but you know, I always like to make the best of most of any situation. So I, mm -hmm. I took it in stride and it, I made a little house. I brought the Lego back uh, with the intention of just putting them together and displaying them. But I made a little house just on the fly, nothing significant, but I, it turned out pretty good. And I thought I'm going to do, I, maybe I'll make another one. And one thing led to another. Next thing I know, I tentatively did started doing some orders on BrickLink and That's the parts arrived. That's there. <laughs> Indeed it is, but I was so thrilled when the parts arrived that I just, I, it was no going back at that point. So, so I yeah. did it. Nice. And so you said you started out with like a classic space. Why did you evolve into more of the castle style? You know, I don't remember exactly why. I did love the space stuff. I mean, I was very young. I mean, I was born, I'm 44. I was born in 1977. So I think I got some of the actual original space sets. I would have been just a year or two old. Maybe my brain wasn't formed enough to appreciate anything at that point. But when Castle came out, which was 1984, the stuff that I had, not the, not the yellow one, I was seven. So at that point, I was probably into, you know, things that all little a lot of little boys are into castles and war and all that stuff. So I guess maybe it's just a matter of timing. I remember loving looking at pictures of castles as a result of that. 
and then wanting to make them. Also, I think the fact that the sets back then just had a lot of those gray panels and gray parts, and they were all the same, enabled mm-hmm. me to enabled me to make things um, that I could, you know, enjoy and see. So I just, I don't know, I just liked it a lot, I guess. Although I've never really liked the the whole war aspect, not because I'm a, I don't have any personal feelings about it, it just hasn't really drawn me in. But the architectural style, it definitely yeah. like that gothic style. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I've always liked that. I've always liked gothic stuff dark stuff which you know i'm a i'm not a really not a very dark person as a as a person but i've just always appreciated that i think it's just you know from when i was a kid it was just a matter of timing and finding a couple of books probably it set me off and drew my attention into it and it it is iconic to see those because you know when somebody sees an old church they're like oh look gothic style and then you see the classic um now you probably know the name of it but i always forget the uh, wooden slat style uh with uh what is it the stucco this is where i i fail at describing uh gothic and you could <laughs> yep. jump in here to save me <laughs> yeah the the uh the well the wooden slats that are on the like if you're looking at like a church um mm-hmm. tower they have those wooden slats on there that the air goes through or whatever so yeah i mean there's a lot of gothic architecture where i live in minnesota and that could also be why they're all i mean it's it's pretty significant here um not like europe by any means but it's it's all over the place. And I guess I just see it and like it and just feel the desire to make it or something based off of that, you know? Right. So you're saying it's more of the local style you've kind of taken from. Is that where it started? Or did you think of like, oh, actual medieval times is where I, I enjoy building that style? Okay. When I first got back into Lego, there were three people that kind of set it off for me. One guy, his name is Bob Carney, and he's an older gentleman. He makes these huge castles. He's been doing it for like 30 or 40 years. I think he's a retired doctor. He's not on Instagram or any social media, but he makes these giant gray castles. They're just that style. But I liked his architectural approach. He basically finds castles and, and emulates them or replicates them. I like that. And then, of course, Luke Hutchinson, who's the famous castle builder from maybe, I think he, I don't know if he still does it, but he had all these scenes that were full of character and style and storytelling which i saw i like that but i saw what i wanted to do is i wanted to kind of merge the two so the architectural style and then add a little bit of storytelling and then thirdly most importantly would probably be the owner of brick mania dan who is it's actually located in minneapolis the reason why i liked him was wasn't necessarily what they produce they produce military stuff but he said a few things that got me going one was he said if i can do this anybody can do it and then i was just amazed at what he had accomplished in his life as a builder and then entrepreneur, because I had no idea you could do this stuff. So those three kind of fused it together. And then to answer your question, yeah, just seeing buildings around or looking at pictures, but mainly in real life, I see something, I think I want to build that, but I want to add a little bit of character to it. So that's where I kind of draw on some of that other stuff. It's great how the community kind of forces us to realize that we have potential like that. Because you see something, you're like, ah, I'm not that good as them. And they're like, well, we all started in the beginning, and uh, you can push it as far as you want to really go. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, I've always been a really driven person, but I think taking on something new like mock making, right off the bat, I was just like, oh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because my mindset about it was what it was in the 80s was everything was square. There was just a, a few parts and not a lot of colors. So when I came back to it, I was, astonished at what i had seen that was really exciting to me 
Yeah, there's been a few additions to the uh, catalog of parts you can use. Just a few. <laughs> oh yeah, almost too many for me anyway. Not I, I shouldn't say too many, but for I kind of keep it. I keep it pretty simple. Um, you know, most of my style is rooted in that '80s mindset, and I suppose mm -hmm. that. I've tried to get away from it a little bit, but I always return to it where it's really angular and sharp. And I think I had said this to somebody else on a different interview that, you know, I'm basically finishing, or I've picked up where I was when I was a child and have just continue on, continued on with what I wanted to accomplish back then. I don't intentionally go, I'm going to make this look 80s, but it's probably just something I can't get away from. And I don't really try to. It's kind of ingrained in you to to do that. And it doesn't mean that you've defined your style. You just enjoy doing that part. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've been doing it for such a short time now compared to people out there that are really have really done a lot with it that I couldn't even say, uh, this is who I am. And this is what I do. I just, I try to keep it open-minded, um, keep it loose and just, I do it for fun. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's the only reason I do it. So, you know, I enjoy sharing it with everybody else and, you know, learning from other people, but ultimately it's just a, a relaxing thing that I enjoy doing, or maybe it's an obsession that I can't tell. One of the two. <laughs> Either one's good. Uh, most people might not understand, but we do. We, we understand. <laughs> yeah. They, they uh, don't get it. And I forget that. I forget that the, the other world doesn't just think this is normal. I'm just, I just think that everyone does this now, but it's totally abnormal and, and not in a bad way, but it just isn't something that you even see. Like, but it, 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 that's what that's why I like about it also. Yeah, because then you have your own little community that completely understands and you get to be in your own world about it. You don't have to ex really explain yourself to anyone. You're like, ah, I like Lego. This is this is why I like it, but I don't really have to tell you why. We can just, just accept that you like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And people do ask me about it occasionally that I know in my, my normal life and I'll, I'll, I'll share it with them. And then it just kind of, the conversation goes somewhere else. Dissipates, so yeah. It, yeah, it dissipates. It's not that interesting to other people, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely pulled my wife into liking it more. She isn't resisted, which is good, but <laughs> she knows more about Lego than she probably needs to. Uh, I've infected her brain <laughs> a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's, that's good. My wife is the same. I wouldn't say she's into it by any means, but she's accepted it. And now of course, like, Anybody who's either a collector or a mock maker, you have a room full of stuff that's all over the place or how organized, however you do it. So, yeah, I, I have a corner. I get I get a corner of the basement. It's uh, not organized and um, <laughs> eventually it'll be organized, but that's not going to happen for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I say I want to do that, too. But then I start building. I'm like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I have. I just built my first full set in a long time because usually I buy them and then I digitally designed because I'm like, oh, I want to build this instead. And then I lose track of time and then I haven't built any of the sets that I bought. Sure. But yeah, but it's always fun to break out the sets and get into building them again. What set did you make? I broke out. So I've been wanting it for about five years now. Um, the Ooh. Disney castle. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great set. I bought it on the double VIP points. What was that? Black Friday? Or okay. the week before, whatever it is, the VIP weekend, I think. Um, yep. I'm like, you know what? It's a it's a great set, and I've always wanted to, so I'm going to build it. And I took like two weeks. I'd only do a bag a day or like a mm -hmm. number a day, uh, and it right. was awesome. It's just sitting here on the on the bar, uh, <laughs> uh, enjoying the limelight before 
it gets put away at some point who knows when but yeah it's definitely fun and that kind of leads me into do you build your set uh build all of your designs with real lego or do you ever venture into the digital world yeah i definitely do both if i had a preference i prefer doing them with the the plastic bricks versus digital but i do digital I did digital about a year ago. I started doing it. I was out of the country for 10 weeks for work and I didn't want to stop building because I was addicted at that point. So yeah, I taught my, I shouldn't say taught. Well, I should, I learned how, I started learning how to do a studio in Miami in a hotel room in the middle of the night, basically. Cause um, <laughs> you know, I'm not a very exciting person outside of, you know, I don't go out and party or anything. So I started doing that. Um, and then I, when I was out of the country, I, I, I made probably six or seven builds that way, but now I'll do both. So I'll make one in real life and then I'll trans transfer it to digital. And then there's a, there's a startup company in Germany called brick design, which actually does instructions and they've done a few of mine so far. So it's been kind of a fun process. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that as well. How did, did they reach out to you for this and explain it just kind of the, to the listeners, because a lot of people have designs, but they'll throw them on rubricable or other similar sites, but um, there's so many people out there that do this now. Okay. Yeah. To answer, I want to answer that question you said about, or your statement. I'm not sure what occurred before the pandemic, but I, I'm going to take a guess that since the pandemic, a lot of people were looking for stuff to do the instruction market perhaps exploded as a result of that. I might be wrong, but how I got involved in it. Yeah. They just asked me about them, asked if I'd made instructions. I said, no, I wasn't interested in doing that portion of it. His name is Marcus. Marcus asked me if I'd be interested in partnering with him on that. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll definitely do that. So I took some of my mocks, which were just, you know, basically shells. And then I turned them into modular buildings with interiors. You know, I go through the, the designs a couple of times, then I make them in real life and then to make sure that they work. And then I send him the digital file and he turns them into instructions and then they, they sell them online. Because you could sell the files, but then you're like, well, now they have to figure it out or it's complete. It's all out there. I can't really do anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think he said it takes about 50 hours to do. He's done two of mine, about 50 hours to do them. So that's a that's a significant time commitment right there in itself just to transfer that. So I'm happy that he's done it. And he's done a wonderful job. That is nice. It, it definitely takes time. Um, I mean, I've worked on just brickheads to do designs. It takes forever to get instructions done. Even bigger ones uh, for commissions that I've done. It's it's uh, it's not not time consuming. <laughs> you you uh, yeah. have to sit there and do it for a while. I I would think so. I did attempt one. I do. I've I did some tutorials about a month ago, and my initial thought was I'll make instructions in studio. And I think I spent about a minute on it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't, I, the thing is, I, I'm a pretty busy, pretty busy person like every other yeah. adult. And also I want to put my energy into the building rather than that, that side of it. So, you know, having, it works out well to have someone else doing them. Yeah. Yeah. So as you've continued to do that, do you design most of your builds based on the fact that you would like somebody to reproduce it or is it mostly still you and they reach out like, Hey, would you like us to do that one again? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say a lot. Here's, here's how I can answer that. A lot of what's inspired me to create this way is almost identical to my career as a chef. So I've been a chef for 20 years and learning to be a chef and succeed in it long-term is a mixture of a lot of um, 
disciplined is not just being creative. That's important, but it's business, it's management, it's outsourcing, it's everything. So there's different stages in your career. And I suppose I've applied those to Lego. So if I was to approach making builds specifically for instructions, I would have to, I think, be better at it, more accomplished and have a larger range of techniques and builds. So I put most of my energy into making things that I like. And if somebody wants to reproduce them, I'm happy to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I'll definitely make something, but I've got to go for it on feel versus on doing something that I could see as a as a money making thing at this point because I do that in my real life and that's fun. But you know, I want to I want to keep this as a fun thing first and foremost. So yeah, that's really I would say smart, but it's more of. Uh refreshing idea to do that because yeah it's it's a hobby so if somebody wants the build like cool yeah maybe i'll do it it's not a i have to do this so i can make more money based on that and in your real life you have to have that balance as well um Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not a chef but in any type of work like that you want to make sure that you it's almost like the separation of church and state yep. <laughs> that we don't have because you want to make it still that purest bit, which is nice that you still get to build for yourself. Oh, absolutely. That's that's why I do it. I mean, if it ever turned into a viable profession or a way to earn money, that'd be that'd be great, but it doesn't have to and, you know, I don't I, that's not my focus. By yeah. Means. Yeah. As you continue, you know, you continue to build these designs, your models improve. Do you continue to take from other, not, excuse me, I I was listening to a podcast, Quentin Tarantino, people called his work, like, he's stealing, or he's, uh, he's borrowing from somebody else, and Quentin's like, no, I'm, I'm totally stealing it, I want it, I love it, I'm stealing it. For other people's work, do you do the same, kind of just borrow what you like slash steal to help in your builds? Oh, absolutely, I mean, and that's no different than in any creative field, like being a chef absolutely there's this uh so the thing is it's like how do you create what you want your vision borrow or steal from others without copying and i think that's the biggest trick right there it's like i've never wanted to be someone that copies because i don't feel like you can get the real results that are true to who you are but also Mm -hmm. just you can't do everything on your own Uh, you don't need to reinvent the wheel every time so yeah i certainly get inspired by others a lot of that i don't get inspired as much by medieval builders as other i i i think i'd mentioned to somebody else that sometimes i think i should be in another genre just because i like super clean builds and the majority of medieval builds understandably are a little bit more craggy looking or you know dilapidated etc and i like that but it's just not who i am so i kind of seek out builders who i think are excellent at whatever they do as an inspiration whether they're making mechs or you know airplanes whatever it is if i see something that really moves me i'll 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 study their page heavily and I don't know if it's so much that I borrow their ideas in that way as if I just absorb their dedication to, um, you know, excellence. Yeah, I do that as well. Where I had someone made like a, a like micro Star Wars airplane. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So I, I rebuilt it in digital. And I'm like, well, you could do a whole series based off of this. So I started making other things. It's a yep. building block, literally, to to your creativity. And I see that in your designs where like your most recent builds, your roofs are different. You've changed the style where it's not the standard slope pieces, but you've you've done slats uh, with tiles. And you've even added to doing tutorials, which is awesome because then people can learn the techniques you've learned as well. Yeah, I change them up based on what I have. I have a ton of slopes and I do like using those. And I do tiles. I've 
or whatever for the roof. So I do those off and on. I have been since the beginning, but I've decided to use them more recently just because I've gotten bored of the slopes. I'll use what I think I need to, to get the result. And if that means using really common stuff, then I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I try to avoid doing something just because I want it, it to be technical or strange or interesting. I want to do what I want to do. And if that means it's super traditional, I'm fine with that, you know? So like right now I'm making this huge Gothic cathedral and it's, it's slopes. It's got 3,500 studs of slopes. So it's a ton of black slopes, you know, and I bought a lot more. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with all these? But that's what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. Um, and those do work well in certain instances, for sure. If you want to do like little angles or corners or anything, it's a little bit simpler, especially for larger builds. And it can be more cost effective. You know, that's why I do it. Yeah. I was going to say, how big is this cathedral? Uh, it is 108, 108 studs wide by probably like 180, 190 studs. Um, so it's pretty large. I actually made it once before only two walls it's it's a church that's downtown minneapolis called gethsemane church and it looks like a castle it was made in the, uh, the 19th century it's kind of a gothic revival building and i just really like it it's it's closed but um i made it once only par partially and then another guy Haraday bricks made it digitally the entire thing and now i'm i've taken this digital model i'm using it as the as kind of a guide for what i'm doing so what i'm enhancing it and trying to follow the actual building pretty close I'm going to display that for Blockhead's virtual uh, exhibition in a couple of months. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been watching John continue to spread his wings to do more and more in the community, which is great. I think that all the people he talks to, like including yourself, have watched the video you guys did. It's fun to interact like that because you get to see everybody's space as well as uh, talk about it. No, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he, he's been really... Um... I think he's been really uh, impactful, at least from what I know in the in the community. He's brought a lot of people together, which I think is really cool. So, definitely cool. And as we can, you know, you continue on in your building. Do you have any like major builds that you're just uh, geeked out to to get into and really uh, design? I mean, I usually have a, a kind of a mental rolodex of a lot of builds that I want to make and. So many that it's hard for me to get to them specifically because they're pretty time consuming for me to make. I'm really slow and I mm -hmm. oftentimes will make a certain part of it four or five, six, seven times until I'm happy with it. So eventually I do want to make a really ornate, super massive cathedral. Just, uh, I don't, I've always wanted to, I've always loved these cathedrals, I think because they just, they're so dark and I've, I've been to Europe a couple of times and I just find them to be really haunting and spooky and they kind of capture this, I don't know if it's, what it really was like back then, but this time period that was probably really challenging and something about it has always drawn me in. So that's my ultimate goal is to do that. Um, and I'm just kind of working my way up towards that as far as skill, knowledge, and then of course, part accumulation. So that's my ultimate goal. Yeah. I'd like to back up for a second for everybody who doesn't know what a Rolodex is. Um, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> it's like an address or contacts in your phone where you just roll it as a circle and you could twist it and find somebody's business card or address or phone number. Um, that is, uh, uh, hopefully it doesn't date you too much, but <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm fine being dated. I've never owned a Rolodex <laughs> even, so I don't know. It just flew out of my mouth. Um, yeah, I'm fine being dated. I'm going to be 45 in less than a week. So I'm, I'm perfectly aware of my age and where I'm at. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, we were, uh, 
I was that just made me think not a Rolodex, but we had a similar case that you scroll up and yeah. uh, you put your CDs in. Then you could use the oh, yeah. dial to move and click on the one that you know you needed, so it lock it when you pulled it out. Uh, I'd have my Sims City. Uh, what else would I have? There's just a bunch of the computer games um, when we were younger. So one day I'll be extremely dated, although most of the <laughs> Gen Zers don't know what a CD is either. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that technology came and went. Oh, yeah. I, it was super useful for our generation. And then it was just like, nah, uh-huh. we're going to go digital. And it happened almost overnight, which surprised me. Yeah. As you continue to build here, you adapt and, like you said, new parts, new techniques. Have you found any techniques in the time you've been rebuilding that have just kind of revolutionized the way you do your designs? Sure. Yeah. I'd say that the techniques I use are really simple. And I've, I've, I think I've told this to other people I've, I've spoken with. I don't go crazy on the techniques. Mainly, the, the three things I use the most would probably be a snot brick, a jumper plate, and then one by one plates either round or square so definitely using jumper plates is probably what i use a lot more now i like that subtle detail just that that half that half stud i use that quite a bit now when i look at when i look at making a building i want to know exactly what i'm looking at so i'll use what i'll use whatever techniques i need to to get there versus i'm going to do all these crazy techniques and see what happens so mm-hmm. i keep it simple like the last mock I made was a house called the Hudson House. It's based off of a real house somewhere in New York. And I wanted to emulate it and just add my twist to it. So I just studied the building, looked at the pictures, and built it and ended up with that. And it has probably a thousand snap bricks and a thousand tiles. <laughs> so it's basic. It's just repetition, you know? Yeah. And with a snot brick, that's the best way to get your different angles um, because, well, it's not as easy with regular bricks. I use brackets all the time as well because, or hinges because you want to get a, a rounded angle in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I do love hinges. I use the hinge plates a lot. Brackets I haven't used a lot. I think because, like I said earlier, they didn't have those in the 80s, so I haven't really sought them out too much. I've used them for some windows and a few other things here and there, but yeah, mainly uh, keeping it simple. It's it's easy then because then you you already have a baseline for where you can continue to go. Yeah, absolutely. And also, as far as like since my mocks are fairly large, medium size, they're not huge. If I have a lot of the same parts, it's easy for me to manage it as far as knowing what I have, and then mm-hmm. as far as spending money too, I can make a lot of different things with the same parts over and over. So those are my three favorite parts, I'd say. It's nice to have like a part that you have go to. And if you have a lot of them, it's easy to continue to build more and more things. And you're designing, do you kind of deconstruct and use the pieces that you've already used in a previous build? Occasionally I do that. I kind of have to complete a build and then tear it all apart before I can start again. I've tried, I mean, I'll, sometimes I'll have one sitting there completed and start a new one, but I find that it's, for something about it, I have to take the entire thing apart before I can start fresh. Usually. I'll definitely repeat myself. I don't have a problem with that. You know, I think if you're an architect, mm-hmm. if you're a chef or, you know, you don't just say, okay, I made um, a grilled steak. I'll never do that again. You might, you're going to do it differently, but use the yeah. same techniques. Yeah. I was going to say in, in the chef industry, you kind of have your signature pieces, but then you got to change up other things and, you know, you might get bored with that signature piece. So you got to adapt it in another way. Yeah, absolutely. Adapt. You like in the cooking world, you'll definitely you learn your techniques, you learn your your basics and whatever style of cuisine you want to do, and then you 
you can over the years as you get better and better make it look complete look and taste completely different but you're really not changing a lot of stuff all you're doing is honing your craft and um you know understanding more about it so i'm I'm basically approaching lego the exact same way and using the knowledge you have is extremely useful in that yeah definitely it's definitely been good i think uh you know, I could have, like I've said already a couple of times, I think, but I'll repeat it one more time is just, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, no, um, go is ahead. my, the, the, the chefing career and emulating that is, is what's helped me do this. So yeah, that's how I do it. Nice. Now, as we kind of wind down, uh, our interview today, I always like to ask the question if you, I mean, you've listened to the podcast enough that yep. what do you think Lego has done to change or improve on your life? Oh, Absolutely. Well, it's definitely, it gave me a, a great place of meditation, okay? Um, it also, I've always, you know, everyone's creative in their own way. I've always been a very creative and artistic person, and I think I kind of drifted away from that in my career, which was satisfying for a long time, and I was kind of, I was missing being creative, and I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of did whatever um, with nothing really in mind, and then when I rediscovered Lego, it instantly was like back into the zone of being creative again so that changed my life in the sense that i found that but it gave me a lot of inner peace because of that it's also given me a lot you know i'm a pretty patient person but i live in a very cold state and i can get super impatient in the winter it's it's made me feel accept the weather a lot more so that's good yeah (laughs) it's not warm there not not very much (laughs) no it's like 10 below every day for the past month so you know but i got my my lego room and uh that keeps me not room but my lego hole and it keeps me going so yeah that's changed it's definitely been good and i'm i'm guessing it also has affected your daughter's life as well Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. She we she plays with me a lot. I play with her a lot. She gets sets and she likes to steal my stuff and take it to her room and I never see it again. That kind of stuff. I, <laughs> you know, so we have a lot of fun doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we go to the Lego store. I live about two miles from the Mall of America, so there's a Lego store there, and we go there and look around. You know, buy some parts, etc. She loves looking at that, so we we enjoy that aspect of our relationship too. As a result. Yeah, that, that's a pretty big Lego store there for sure. Mm-hmm. I live within 15 miles of a Lego store, so I'm always there as well. <laughs> getting, <laughs> uh, getting some friends because uh, that's all you do is you either talk and buy Lego. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I love going there. So, yeah, we do that. Nice. Well, that's great. I love that it has you know kept you company in these times and found a way to continue to be creative. You know, it's it's great to see for everybody else too because they can do the exact same thing and learn that you can keep a hobby a hobby. You can change it and you can just understand that you have the potential. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and pe- people occasionally reach out to me. I'd say probably once a week or more and ask me how I make these in such a short time. And I just, you know, I put a little thing in my, um, you know, stories a few weeks ago how and it's just I try to remain even though I'm a, a fully fledged adult. I try to remain, you know. Um, in the fantasy world, do a degree and have fun and just enjoy it and just make, you know, just make a goal and work towards it. And if you miss it, that's okay too. You know, it's not that big a deal, but you know, just know that if you want to succeed at it, you can for sure. Make, yeah. Make it fun. Don't, don't push yourself. Just kind of realize that, Hey, the, that didn't work. Maybe I'll try it a different way the next time. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's funny to me. Like I, I don't even, I just started doing social media with Lego. So that was a, a little over a year and a half ago. I never did before that really at all. I think um, so people get hung up on wanting to be perfect 
for other people. And I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I understand why it's human nature, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, here and gone. And just, you know, as far as your creation being online, just to enjoy it and, you know, get better at it. Because when I started putting my stuff up, it was, I knew it wasn't as good as I wanted to be, but my my, my mother was the one that egged me on to do it. And then my my name, A Fully Good, I didn't make up. I just said, I need a name. My wife's like, how about that? She just made it up. I said, okay, we'll just do that. So you just start somewhere and go, <laughs> yeah. and go towards it. You know? Make sure to go follow A Fully Good, post his information in the description as well. But Peter, thank you again. This was really fun. And I always appreciate everybody's work. And your work is uh, also always needed appreciation for. Thank you so much, Garrett. I've had a great time chatting with you. And thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. And hope to talk to you again soon. Will do, okay? Have a wonderful day. You too. And everyone, like I said, go follow Afully Good. Uh, you can also follow us on Back to Brick 2. And also go f- follow John uh, at uh, his Instagram, Blockhead23. It's just fun to talk to people like this, and hopefully you enjoy it as well. We'll talk more about it Friday. Again, this has been fun, and hopefully everybody out there got some ideas of how to continue to be creative. And I'll leave you as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something. 